Hey everyone, I'm Brenda and I'm Julia and you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Today, we have on with us Marin Altman. I'm so excited. Marin is a professional astrologer. She's a fiction author. She's a student of philosophy. She's brilliant and funny and so cool, and we have so many questions for her. I'm so excited. Hey, Marin, thanks for being here. Thank you all for having me. I look forward to answering your many questions. (laughs) (laughs) We have so many, too many to get in in this hour, but we'll do our best. Sounds good. So Marin, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, how old you are. And we don't normally ask this, but we have to ask you, what's your sign? (laughs) So I am Marin. I am from Houston. I was born and raised in Houston. And I grew up, you know, not thinking I would necessarily be an astrologer, but having astrology as a through line into my life. I found it very, very early on when I was learning to read from newspapers and it never really left me. So it really has been a lifelong study. Thought that I would grow up to be an actor, came to NYU for acting. As soon as I got here and had to take a required class, I realized I wanted to do astrology and philosophy. And now I'm 22. I have recently yeah, graduated that chapter and I'm now studying philosophy at grad school. And um, I'm a Virgo sun, Libra moon, Capricorn rising with lots of planets in Leo. So that's a little bit about me. Incredible. <laughs> what studio were you in at Fish? I came in and I didn't even get assigned a studio. I was like put into what happened was actually that they, long story short, I usually leave this out because people that don't go to NYU don't get this, but they messed up my application and put me into performance studies, even though I had auditioned. So oh they my told God. me my first semester, I wouldn't be able to be in a studio because they had already assigned people. So I was already having to wait one semester, which turned out to be a blessing because it yeah. ended up that. I got put into this class that changed my life but it was like like there were three other people that it happened with me and it was like beyond upsetting it was it was really bad it was really bad yeah oh my god okay one that's crazy yeah two I'm sure it was horrible at the time but also like total blessing in disguise I remember there were like three of us they did it for It was one, I was the only one that had it for drama. I was meant to be in drama. Someone else was meant to be in like Clive Davis recorded music and they were randomly put in here. So they messed up like three of our applications, but all of us had our last name was the first one on the, like Altman is always the first one. And all of us were like A names. And so we noticed that and they were like, something happened. We literally can't put you in, but here, I mean, have fun in performance studies. And we're like, this is not what we want to learn about. And um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, actually insane and even speaking about it I usually don't get the chance to explain it and I just like cut that part out but it was it was it was bad it was bad yeah no, I literally that's can't awesome. believe that that's crazy I'm yeah that's crazy no but definitely now we can look back and change your life for the better I guess yes exactly exactly <laughs> here you are wow, that's, I can't imagine that but being that you mentioned a class that changed your life and I'm assuming all these other things that changed the course of your life how did you actually get into astrology and how did you start learning so much about it so I 
started reading really early as a toddler. Like that was a thing with me that my parents noticed that I was reading super early and I just Mm -hmm. kind of came out of the womb looking for words. And I was given newspapers and instead of looking at the cartoons, next to them were the horoscopes. And so those words were what I grew up searching on the internet then. Mm -hmm. And when I was six, I remember getting like computer time. Um, I grew up in a very techie family. So like I never had any sort of regulation or boundary or anything with the, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just grew up online and I pulled up my chart when I was six. Like my mom gave me my birth time and I didn't obviously didn't know how to read it, but I would look it up and I would research nonstop. And all through like my early teenage years, I just couldn't stop reading about it. And I was like a weird friend who would talk to my friends about their signs. And I at 14 knew something was up because things just weren't making sense. And that's when I realized my mom had given me the wrong birth time. And I was actually like an evening birth, not the morning time that she gave me that was my sister's. So that began to allow me to be like, no wonder I was voraciously studying because certain things didn't make sense. But once I realized that, it reconfirmed how just obsessed with it I was and then through high school I started to realize that I really loved philosophy and history and that led me into not as much like pop culture new age astrology but more of the philosophical and historical side that a lot of professionals really specialize in and that took me into um, the perfect storm of philosophy in college and um, really getting into that so it was a mixture of finding the online clickbait about it at a young age that really enticing me, but then finding a more sustainable interest into the history and philosophy and a lot of the like ancient Greek it, uh, part of astrology is what I specialize in. And um, that's kept up into today with now a background in psychology as well. Yeah, that's what I love about your page on Instagram, Marin. that I feel like so many of these astrology pages, you go there and you'll just get like a horoscope or like something about like your moon or whatever, but you are like such a wealth of information. Sorry, my dog is having a It's just so apparent like how much information you have on this and like how intelligent you are about it. That's why I was so drawn to you out of like so many people online because it's just incredible like how much you know. I'm like, how does this girl have all of this knowledge? But like obviously years and years of research. Yeah, it was, I think I like to say that I'm grounding the woo because I just don't find, I don't find the the woo portal hype. I call it portal hype where like everything is something like larger. Than, I I just don't find that sustainable or like I'm just kind of like that's 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 not the way that I look at these things like there are once in a lifetime alignments and whatnot but usually these things are pretty mundane and it's kind of like playing sims it's fun because it never ends it's not fun because it's not real like it's just an ongoing process so yeah and and I having like an archive encyclopedia built up over my life is convenient because now Mm -hmm. that people want that knowledge and it's not just like me hiding in my room posting videos for 20 people it's a bit different now Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and speaking of like your page, your audience, you have such a specific brand, which I also love about your page and you make astrology like so one, the the knowledge is just insane. The And you make it like sexy and you have such funny videos and it's so relatable and so fun. And you wrote this one caption on one of your posts. You wrote thirst trap, but make it discourse. And I was like, thank you, Marin, for everything you do. So what was like the thought behind like having such a unique brand with what you do? There was no thought. It was literally just me <laughs> doing me. Absolutely. Like, 
when people ask me like how do you reconcile like showing your body but also like being intelligent I'm like there's no reconciliation like I just I just do me and if that is different than normal people I don't know I'm a hermit like I follow finance accounts I don't know what anyone else is doing <laughs> in this space um so it's much less thought out than people think and I'm an overthinker in a lot of ways but my personal brand is not one of them and it's lucky that that has now gotten scooped up by people that can help me with the tech side of marketing right and like all my posts are authentic but they can help me with like the literal websites and things yeah. like that and they're they, it, it, it happened very organically like it just developed as me so literally just what I want to wear what I want to say and um, if other people like it cool because I was doing this far before I had any eyes like you can scroll back it's been a while so nothing yeah. new but um, yeah it works out yeah. that's incredible I seriously it's so crazy because you're like it's as simple as me being me it me showing up as myself and doing what I want to do saying what I want to say sharing what I'm interested in and I think that that's something that definitely hits home for people that are constantly trying to please others or maybe have different reasons to be afraid of what others will think or um we can go on and on about that but I really love that you are just showing up as yourself and that's what your brand is and that you don't put this pressure maybe maybe not all the time but that doesn't seem like you put this pressure on like okay like I'm gonna be some people's cup of tea and maybe I won't be other people's but like I'm still doing something that I love something that brings me joy and fires me up and uh I just think we can all learn from that because I think we have a tendency to like tiptoe or be afraid or you know care too much about what people may or may not (laughs) be thinking so I really commend you for that of course yeah um and I personally will be super real with you I don't know too much about astrology like even when Julia talks about it I'm like can you can you repeat that? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I'm very- I know like nothing. So d- <laughs> I'm no expert. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, but I really am intrigued by it. Like, I think it's so cool. We've talked about, I know it's different, but like Enneagrams a little bit and personality tests and all this stuff, but there's something so unique and beautiful about astrology that we want to know more about. So can anybody learn to read charts the way you do with, you know, so much study obviously that you have? Do you believe it's more of a gift? I think I have a predisposition, but I, I make it really clear in my courses that this is a learned skill and if you're developing and catering to the mental skill behind it that this is not I, I actually have in one of my webinars um, a, a, an intro webinar like a full slide that says like this is not some kind of like divine I mean you could argue that it's divinely given but this is not like some I, I'm not an oracle di- like guided by spirit in this case like I am analyzing patterns and it's just something that's been practiced a lot so I think that's someone who I do tend to be pretty analytical and really good at patterns and like quickly pulling things together. So that helps, but absolutely anyone can start reading these charts in whatever way that works for them. Yeah. I, I, and that's another thing that I love about your page. I mean, that's just how I know you mostly, but that, like you said, ground the woo, like it doesn't feel so woo woo. It feels more like scientific and research based and it's, it's so cool. But speaking of charts, so what, you know, the thing that people mostly know about themselves is like, their sun sign, their ascending, their moon, whatever. How can we use astrology in our everyday lives? And like, how does a knowledge of our charts help us day to day? I have both tattooed on me and in my room, a big sign that says Amor Fati. And that's Latin for love your fate. And it deal that saying and stoic philosophy that goes with that involves seeing everything that comes simply for what it is and not ascribing it to be good or bad or heaven or hell or any of these like Judeo-Christian 
Christian binaries, but really riding out the waves of life. And astrology as even a meditative kind of practice of just viewing what's to come and accepting it allows us to more fully embody all the spaces in reality that we might overlook because they don't fit into black and white binaries of good and bad. And having an awareness of so many different nuances of experience and how complex yet very specific those things are allows for this really vibrant appreciation of life. And I appreciate having this deterministic, I can look and see what's going to come. Frankly, I just think it's like an ongoing game of Sims. It's fun for me. And so it's both shallow in the sense that it's fun um, and it's deep in the sense that it really, there's no turbulence that I cannot handle. Like I can, I, I saw 2020 and what was coming for me. And I told my parents at a very young age, I don't know what's happening. I don't know if I'm going to survive. In a way I didn't, I'm a different person, but um, it allows for us to accept and love our fate. Oh, that was put so beautifully. I, Julie and I both have the Daily Stoic. That's as far as it goes for me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I recommend that. Yes, well, I love it, love it. Um, and the reason why I bring that up is because you just talked about it a little bit. And I was wondering with the whole philosophy, philosophy aspect of things, how does that play a role in your work? And is there any like basic books or resources maybe beyond the Daily Stoic um, that you can recommend to someone looking to learn a little bit more about philosophy? Yeah, the Hellenistic Greek astrology that I root my practice in and has turned, a, a lot of people still only practice the Hellenistic traditional Greek, which is what I do. It fed into what is now the Western New Age kind of astrology, but that's not, the, that's um, not, not in a bad way, but it's distorted from kind of the pure essence. Mm-hmm. It's kind of taken its own to- turn, which is fine, um, but that's not really the essence of what astrology originated as. And Greek astrology originated alongside Stoic philosophy in a lot of ways. So a lot of the teachings of things that are like, this is a really clear indicator of good, or this is a really clear indicator of a lot of challenge, they're done so literally and so extremely because the people of the time did not view challenge is like, oh no, I'm going to hell. Oh no, I'm bad. They viewed it more as like, okay, that's a big wave to ride out. Mm. So in having the understanding of the philosophical context for how these techniques were developed, it means that we can like, like if you understand the time period that an author was writing a book in, you're much more educated in the way that you analyze that book. So understanding the background for how these techniques were developed allows us to say, okay, for example, like some of these things say like, this is a bastard, this is, this is a, a gay like sinner. And you're like, okay, you understand the time period that there were a bunch of pedophiles and they were saying that like, they, they, they're so many strange or saying that, you know, you're going to be like a worthless homewrecker when like you, it says right. you're <laughs> going to be rebellious in love. Like some of the context allows you to understand it. So with the philosophy it gives uh, it gives bandwidth to the application of the techniques because you're not just reading cut and dry from a book you can allow them to f- you can uh- I even add guidance to people when you see them. Um, and I think that if people want to incorporate more stoic philosophy, which is finding peace instead of like overexcitement or over depression, kind of, it's allowing you to ride the middle. Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, one of my favorite books of all time. It's a fairly short read. It's ancient, it's old, but it's really accessible. So I recommend the Meditations for anyone new. Yeah, uh, he's my favorite. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, I love that. And me and Brenda have more recently just got into stoicism and I like recommend the Daily Stoic to everybody uh, I meet. I'm like, you're not stoic. Like, I literally just recommend it to everybody. Cause, and especially with Ryan Holiday, like, like you were saying about the historical context, he gives it a more, he relates it to today so that even when you read the philosophy, you're, you're like, oh, I, I can understand how that's playing a role in like today's current world, today's political climate, like all of that stuff. So, but speaking of Amor Fati still, ha- you kind of touched on it before, but do you believe, I, I'm not going to put it the right way, of like how much, what's the balance between like fate being written in the stars and like the agency that we have over our own lives? Does that make sense? So, yeah. So astrology is a mirror. So it's not like, so technically fate is written in the stars, but a lot of fate is defined as what is to come. So what is to come includes both inevitable events happening to you and how you exercise your own agency for yourself. And astrology is a mirror for that. So it's kind of like the planets are not shooting down rays making you do anything. They're not a force to work with. It's like a big clock on the wall that's telling you the time or a big weather forecast that is telling you what's to come. And um, some of that in, in what astrology showing is both things happening to you and you doing things. So it's kind of, it's even a categorical error when some astrologers are scared to say anything, but like, but you still make the choice. Like, but it's like the planets are showing that you're making the choice. Like even, even if that comes across as deterministic or fatalistic, it's because it is, but because some of the determination is you doing your thing. So again, I view it as like neutral. It's like, it's a, it's a big mirror. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a cool way of putting it. Yeah. That's a really great way of putting it. Cause I feel like in my experience, I've seen people be very resistant to the idea of like, fate because it can feel like scary to feel like you don't have agency over your own life but I love that of like viewing it as like a mirror or a clock like yeah. that that makes a lot of sense to me yeah. Totally does. yeah and kind of in terms of astrology obviously it's like with dating um do you feel that I've been we've been thinking about this because we were talking the other day about my sign which we're gonna come up and ask we you need some to questions. ask you a couple questions about Brenda's chart <laughs> also confused um and maybe it's a similar situation with like the time is off or whatever but we'll get to that um but in terms of dating do you feel that your sign really affects who you can like if you can have successful relationships or not and how can we navigate this. So everyone's chart is a promise that is activated throughout your life. So the entire chart is not just you and your personality, but like an entire compilation of you and other people and situations in your life. Mm -hmm. And that will overlay with certain charts of other people in different ways. And the way that we compare those will demonstrate the kind of dynamic that two people will have. And um, so like anything, astrology will be a mirror for what is to come and will pretty clearly tell us what kind of dynamic that is. Um, but I don't like to see, I don't even like to use the word compatibility, but when people ask about that, it's not a yes or a no dynamic because there's no relationship. Relationships aren't yes or no. They are how so. It's There's so many different types of relationships. So yes, astrology can 
tell you pretty flat out if this is going to be easy, if it's going to be fire, if it's going to be boring, if it's going to be great for business, terrible for romance. Like it'll tell you all that. But for one, the entirety of the chart will be necessary to make those conclusions. And two, it's much more complex than just yes or no. Yeah. Oh, it just makes sense. It's And again, it's like the thing that we keep coming back to about just being like this mirror and there's right. the pieces of it. It's, it's yeah. so interesting. Um, I have to ask about this since it's the <laughs> 20s podcast. Can you explain to us what this like Saturn return thing is that happens at 27, right? Is that the right age? Um, it happens between around 27 to 30, depending on your age, but it'll span three years starting sometime within there. And uh-huh. planetary returns symbolize when a planet returns to the point that it was at when the chart was started. So for example, Saturn takes between 27 and 30 years to make a full orbit around the zodiac. So if you were born with right now, like Saturn at the very end of Capricorn, it'll take 30 years for Saturn to come back to that approximately. And Saturn is the planet of limitations, boundaries, structure, um, challenge in a very like diligent, hardworking way. So depending on your chart, for example, people born um, while the sun was out during the day have an easier time. People born after sunset or during night um, have a more difficult time. You experience this kind of growing up, solidifying down, stopping the bullshit, committing to a specific path. And it doesn't have to be a time of letting your dreams die, but it's a time of deciding what you want to focus on and like becoming a master of rather than a jack of all trades. Mm. So um, it's really just a time of like getting your shit together. And for some people that is promotions and becoming a millionaire and like it can be really diligent hard work. That's great. For some people, it's a slap in the face and like rehab, like it can differ from chart to chart. So it's not an all encompassing bad transit, but it's a like buckle up for everyone. And for some people that's going to be much more fulfilling than others. That is is so interesting. Is there anything that we can do like to prepare for that the best? That's like a dumb question. I'd say that um, you got a, you had a bit of a preview when you were 21 to 23-ish. Mm-hmm. There, The Saturn cycle, um, it's not just the Saturn return. There's the Saturn square, opposition square return. So it's a cycle. And at the closing square, when you're around 21 to 23, you got themes of what the pressure was going to close in at as during your Saturn return. So 21 to 23, there were likely some themes of feeling pressured to make a decision or grow up in a certain way that are then very solidified during your Saturn return. That is so interesting. I'm like so mind blown right now. I know I am too. I'm like, I'm like, Julia, please don't let it be 25 for Julia. <laughs> I'm allergic to 25. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. We're in the middle. We're, we're, we're getting through it. That, that's so interesting. And like, I, I don't know too, obviously I don't know too much about it. That's why we have you here, Marin. I think the thing that I like hear thrown around it most about, it's like, it's either when you're going to like hit your genius or die. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in some ways, like, I do want to be clear, actually, that the 27 Club does not have to do with this transit. It refers to something else that happens when you're specifically 27, which is this nodal reversal, which is like kind of more of a whirlwind. But yeah, I mean, for someone like me who knows my chart pretty well and knows that my 
I have a really strong Saturn and it's pretty decently placed. Mm-hmm. I'm not concerned about my Saturn return. Um, I've dealt with more difficult transits. I'm more concerned about someone born at night with a Saturn that is like hammered with difficult placements. And with Saturn being the planet of like maturity and growth, you will get back what you put in. Like the ROI can be great. So um, it really is about like how you are responsible as an individual. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's so interesting. I'm really curious about, like you mentioned that earlier on, like in your journey with all of this, you were like, wait, this doesn't feel like it aligns in terms of your chart. And you were like, something's not adding up. I kind of feel, I I, no, I'm not a kind of, I I feel that in a lot of ways about my chart. Again, I do not know enough to to make that judgment. But even Julia, you're like, this doesn't seem right. (laughs) You're right. Yeah, it it was funny because certain things about Brent, we were reading from CoStar, which I don't know how accurate that is or not but we were reading from there and some of mine felt like pretty aligned and some of Brenda's were just so confusing we just looked at each other and we're like huh but maybe it's interpretate like I guess how you interpret I would say I actually I'm not even someone who goes after things like I just do my thing but I have a video on the problem with CoStar because even even some of their calculations don't make astronomical sense like they're Mm -hmm. they're saying things that aren't even possible so yeah I'd say that that could be square one is like they're they're literally giving you incorrect data (laughs) okay okay do you have a recommendation for a place that people could get like a, a more accurate chart if they were interested I because I don't use the apps at the moment I don't have a recommendation I'm planning on doing a YouTube video review of like all apps so that I can take my look. Yeah, I I've heard some people say that they like sanctuary or the pattern. Um, I can't speak for myself, but I would say looking for something that's clearly nuanced and not catastrophizing meant to be shared on social media to promote the app is probably more trustworthy astrology. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I want like my in depth one. I know. I want. I want. I want a reading. I want everyone to tell me what to do. Because it, it's so cool when when you act like when you hear something that, that aligns and you're like, yep, that's it. That makes so much sense. <laughs> right. Well, like when you can use it, like we were talking about earlier, like when you can use it kind of to your advantage of understanding how you react to the world, how you react to other people. And I think that's the thing I love about it too. And why Brenna brought up like Enneagrams and stuff like that before is I know Brenna and myself are always interested of like, how are we best connecting to the people around us and the world? around us and that's just what I personally like find so interesting about astrology on the level of like how you can use it but now I'm so interested in like all the historical stuff too because that sounds so cool well I think also it's because we we were talking about this the other day Ju how people like we as humans can have a tendency to be like to be offended easily right by someone's reaction or the way that they naturally say something to us or something like that when sometimes it's like how they inherently are how their personality is and it doesn't mean we can't you know ask for things to shift or share with someone how something makes us feel but sometimes it's it's not actually like ill-intended my best example is love languages, right? Like the way that people express their love, yeah. it's just different sometimes. It's not because they don't actually love you or care for you. And yeah, it's just really fascinating. I'm curious as to how that all plays a role with astrology. Yeah, that's the entryway that a lot of people get into this is through like self-discovery. And then they realize the variety of placements and people and just they like, I like to say that whether or not you end up being an interpersonal astrologer, seeing the vastness of the human experience is 
is something that provides so much compassion for you as an astrologer. And you just get to see so many variances in human makeup that are not of the fault of anyone or anything in particular. And like, I know that growing up, um, even more like very serious issues aside, my mother and I just personality wise, I cannot even explain the like the, just the, the disresonance, like not even like, oh, you're a difficult teenager, like just from birth, like it was like, we just did not, not mesh. And knowing that her chart, like there's there, like just as a triple Gemini, like Gemini sun, moon rising and Gemini being objectively a sign that does not work as well with my chart as a lot of other signs. Yeah. It was just very, very clear. Um, but that I can still for her or anyone else that I have difficult combinations with, it's not like a, I dislike you or I like you. It's like, I prefer Thai food over French food. Like that's not a value judgment. Um, so yeah, it just allows you to be more accepting of what you can, can't change because that's not anything to get riled up about. Like yes. that's that energy is just not for me, but that's not a value judgment about it. Yes. Oh, I love hearing that. And it, it brings a sense of peace as well of like, it, it is what it is <laughs> and having just a deeper understanding of that and not taking things so personally. Yeah. Right. Right, right. Like if I, it's funny because as an astrologer, I really only attract clients that I'm like, yeah, they'd be my friend. Like I like literally such similar placements. I say anytime, cause if I do clients, I'll do two and three in a row. I like to do a lot of similar things at once. I have not had a single day where I don't have at least one Scorpio rising client. It's just like, I can, they're, I'm magnetized, but I can't remember the last time. I don't, I, there's certain times where I can't remember the last time I had that rising sign as a client. And I see thousands at this point. And it, 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 it's funny because you do attract like, like, I, I don't know, you attract certain kinds of uh, energies and therefore energy. placements, but it allows you to then be like, yeah, no wonder I have no Sagittarius energy. So if I'm like, whoa, that, that, that person is, is a lot in public. I'm like, yeah, they might be Sag. Like, good for them. Good for them. That, I mean, that just makes so much sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I totally resonate with that. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Brenda, do you want to, did you want to ask Marin your just very fair. Brenda's just very confused about being an Aquarius. Yeah, but I don't I don't even know how to ask it, Jay, if I'm being real with you. I don't even know how to ask my question. I, I think what's interesting is like a lot of people, I don't know, I feel, you feel, do you feel like you not identify as me with it at all? Because like, I feel like most people can identify with their sun signs at least a little bit. I, I will like, add that I'd say single-handedly that the sign of Aquarius has been the most distorted, blown out of the water sign of any sign over the past two decades because in modern astrology, they attribute outer planets to rule signs, but a lot of traditional astrologers like myself don't find that to be coherent due to how planets rule signs. Like it was kind of like they slapped these planets on before we've had the hundreds of years to even see how they correspond to signs. So modern astrology has has attributed Uranus, this planet of volatility and yes, innovation, but also a lot of rebellion to Aquarius. But Aquarius, by necessity of what, what signs are constituted as Aquarius is a fixed air sign and fixed signs are steady and dependable and they, they hold firm. So the assignment of Uranus, this planet of volatility there doesn't make, d- frankly, doesn't, d- does not resonate. Um, so Aquarius, yes, they're innovative and inspiring, but they're much more like nerd in the corner than they are rebel or like, ner- like at the, they're, they're not the daredevil. They're not the, they, they might not care, but it's because they're dropping out of school to be Steve Jobs, not because they're this wild idiot. So I can say firsthand that Aquarius is a sign where if someone relates to it, I'm even like, it's because of this in your chart. Like that's not actually Aquarian. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's Aries energy or something. Yeah. That 
makes so much more sense. So much more sense. Oh my gosh. No, I'm, I'm so glad you put it that way. Cause seriously, things like that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I don't think I align with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's also reading. confusing because we had Uranus in Aquarius in the late nineties, like early two thousands. So people born during that generation think that, oh, I'm an Aquarius. So I'm so rebellious. It's like, no, Uranus happened to be an Aquarius. So if you have prominent Aquarius placements and you were born, like I was born 98, I have Uranus and Aquarius, but they don't have a connection they just happen to combine during that period yeah that literally makes so much more sense yeah. because, i mean now we know co-star is not so reliable but we were reading brenda's co-star and it was all about like sex and rebellion and like blah blah, blah. and brenda was like i just don't i, I just don't don't think I mind. and i was like are we missing something are you supposed to be a dominatrix like maybe we're on the wrong path here like <laughs> like is it supposed to make more sense as time goes on like we were asking each other and my ourselves all the questions i like to say that aquarius is an architect not an anarchist that's like yeah, much, much calmer. Everybody go to Marin for your readings. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Speaking of though, um, how, what are your, when you have a client and you're doing, mm-hmm. do you call it a reading? Sorry, what do you call it? A consultation? A lot of astrologers, astrologers do, but I prefer to call it a consultation just so that there's no indication of it being me reading you or being a magic show. But if people call it readings, I don't like take offense. It's just like, I'm like consultation. Consultation. Yeah. So what does a consultation with you kind of look like? So it's over Zoom um, and I will share the screen throughout to show charts and the techniques that I'm working with, but I open every consultation with how can I help you today? And I have a pretty standard, we start out by looking at your chart on its own in whatever way is helpful for you. Second part or so of the session is um, transits or what's going on right now on top of that, and then longer term timing techniques. So unless it's a returning client and there's like a specific request, and I do do that pretty often now, it's almost all returning clients. But for initial clients, it's um, looking at your natal chart with whatever intention, if you have one, a lot of people don't, they're just like, I, I wanted, I wanted more info, um, going in to help you in any way that I can by using the chart in front of me. Wow. Um, this is just a, a side note, just because we haven't uh, talked about it yet. I just also love about your page about, I know what you do now mostly is like more like politics and the charts and stuff are working. And I just think that that's so cool. So I just wanted to like give you a cool shout out. Yeah, give you some love, really. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> because it's so, it's just so interesting, like w- the way you break it down and how, how you explain how the charts are working, how it is reflecting like our political climate. It just makes so much sense and how you can kind of see what's going to happen in the future based on all of your information. It's, I just think it's so cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. I think it's cool too. It's why I keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, bud. Did you have a question? I did. I did. Um, so out of like kind of, I guess it could still be related to it, but do you have any like daily practices, rituals or routines that, that you do? Related to astrology or like in my life? Both. Both. Yeah. Okay. I have a pretty diligent morning routine. I'm a big morning person and I've been a yogi for many years. So meditation, journaling in the morning to set up my day and then getting movement in is really really important for me like no full stop um for years that's been my baseline i've not i've not missed a year since i started undergrad so that's been like three over three years now of just knowing that that's my this is that's morning's my favorite part of the day and 
I have to have a container to set up my day in so that life is not throwing me around. Like no matter how shaky I am, I'm like, I started my day with this expectation. Nothing's throwing me off. That's pretty much what's kept me sane in the biggest just mental health struggle in my entire life of like the, what comes when you do blow up and people, you know, responding to that. And I don't really have any regarding astrology because I kind of, I don't have to see my chart every day to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So like throughout time, I'm kind of like, yeah, that the, the moon is in this house in my chart today, like I I will probably be hungrier, I will probably be tired and things like that. So it's kind of always in the back burner. Um, People say you get tired of your chart. I have too many planets in Leo to get tired of myself, but I've memorized it because of that. So not really around astrology unless it's prepping for clients. That's incredible. I love the way that you phrase that in terms of the morning routine. We talk about morning routines a lot. A lot of like our listeners and honestly our friends and stuff too. We talk about like discipline, the idea of discipline, the idea of motivation, showing up for yourself, self-belief, all these incredible topics. And I think sometimes people want to do something like set their day up for success, but bring up this thing of discipline. Like how do you build up this, I'm going to use the word discipline again, I'm sorry, but um, and to, to like to show up for yourself every single morning. And I think that when you put that type of pressure of making it like a chore as opposed to doing it for yourself and to keep yourself yeah. grounded. And I feel like you just worded it in a way that puts so much positive energy in a way to care for yourself as opposed to like this long winded thing as an as yeah. because you're supposed to, you know? Yeah. I mean, when people ask me about guidance for motivation or keeping what seems like kind of strict life up, I guess, to some people, um, I say that like if you're not motivated to do it like don't do it but once you remove what's blocking you you're going to want to do it like once you get rid of the things that are blocking your productivity or your alignment this is what's going to naturally happen because then you take yourself seriously and know that if you're not investing in yourself and like doing things like paying yourself with time and even like revenue or energy and ways first that that has to be the precedent for everything else where like if you're not there yet like you're not there yet like you can't you cannot force it it's just that this i was always kind of a morning person so the morning routine worked out pretty well but um in other areas of my life where I am now just learning the value of certain practices, you know, I meet myself where I'm at. And because I acknowledge and I'm present with what I need to change, it then develops into this kind of diligence. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Marin, you, you've been so awesome. Thank you for answering all of our questions. <laughs> I just have two little things to ask you before you go. This could be related to astrology or it doesn't have to be. It could be anything else. Has there been any resource in your life that has helped guide you through your 20s thus far? be a person a book a podcast anything source in my life um i really love um i'm really into finance and so a lot of what i guess has guided me through my 20s has been obsessively reading about finance and economics yeah i am obsessed with the real vision youtube channel and platform they are this beyond amazing everything finance finance channel just incredible i highly recommend the modern investor for all things crypto and i recommend the book rich dad poor dad if you have no idea where to start because that is an incredible book for like the mindset of how to how to build yourself into independence both mentally and financially so that's what's gotten me through so far i highly recommend those three i love those (laughs) me and brenda need those (laughs) oh we need those so much we're us in our finances maren we hate we hate to admit but we're being authentic it's not our it's not our strongest suit Yeah, we got, we had, we had a, a finance girl on the other day. She, she gave us right. lots of great tips. We're working on it. 
we're working on going ongoing we're doing our best always a work in progress <laughs> um but Marin, where can people find you whether it's instagram tiktok if they want to work with you anything like that Every social media that I'm on, so TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube is my name, Marin Altman. It's weird enough so that no one has ever taken it. And <laughs> you can find me everywhere by just Marin Altman. Um, and my website is marinaltman.com. So wherever you can find me, I'm there through there. Yes. And Marin has all sorts of courses, which you guys can take. And Marin, thank you so much for being here. We absolutely loved having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciated the the space to explore. Absolutely. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.